Hey everyone, this is Andreas. We are in a new day and age with this pandemic. I'm talking about that Rona, AKA COVID-19. It's gonna to come to the point where you need to be tested. That's when McCain Labs comes in. They offer COVID-19 testing. They have the rapid testing for 80, regular testing, which is five days for free, and that antibody test for 25. Call them at 478-461-4488. That's 478-461-4488. Or you can swing by 1546A Rocky Creek Road, Macon, Georgia, 31206. Go get tested like I did. McCain Labs, home of the $30 lab test.
But uh, let's get into this ahead real quick. I just had it pulled up. What I do with it? Oh, there we go. All right. So uh, I want everybody to know we do have a black-owned lab that does testing here in the Middle Georgia area. It goes by the name by McCain Labs. So shout out to McCain Labs for um, uh, advertising with us. Uh, but if you need that COVID testing, she can get it done for you. You need uh, the rapid testing, she can do it. You need an antibody test, I believe. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> she can do that too. She has very, uh, very, very uh, good prices. Um, I remember I was at a quick stop one day. I think it was the one on the Riverside. And it was around August or something like that. I had to deal with my, my breathing issues. But I heard people calling in. They were getting COVID tests, and they were charging them like four or $500. So she's not even doing that. I think the uh, the rapid testing is about 80 The uh The regular five-day uh, testing is zero. And then the antibody testing, I believe, is 25 But you can go check out the page. McCain Labs. It's M-C-C-A-N-E-L-A-B-S. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook. You can call their number, 478-461-4488, or you can go see them, 1546A, Rocky Creek Road, Macon, Georgia, 31206. That is Southside, uh, where the Piggly Wiggly, um, yeah, I think that's still over there, <laughs> the Piggly Wiggly uh, Shopping Center. She's over there by, like, I think Mama Duke's in, McDonald's and all that good stuff. So support, support, support. Uh, let the, Let her know. And let them know, because it's a whole company out there, um, that the Bank That Radio Show sent you. But, yeah, we're going to get into um, our special guest. So, everybody out there, you know, uh, this is a new year. And a lot of people like to, uh, what is it, new year, new finances or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to let our special guest, Miss Angela, go into her career, give us a uh, brief overview of, like, you know, how you got started. You know, I know because you gave your testimony at the uh, the the first annual business mixture I did. What, what year was it? 20... 2018? Was it 2018? has changed the, the industry uh, in every kind of angle when you look mm-hmm. at finances. Um, so I'm a mortgage loan officer. Mm-hmm. I've been in lending for 12 years. Um, I have been in the mortgage industry for now five years. Um, you know, God has been good. We've been keeping building and learning. The mortgage industry consists of many, many different products. So mm-hmm. I can't just, you know, give advice on one specific thing because there's so much. Yes. Uh, and every individual is going to be different. So each person has unique finances and each requires a unique product. So we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the Mm -hmm. process of the mortgage, how to understand what mortgages are actually about, Mm -hmm. how to qualify. Uh, I know that's one of the biggest obstacles, um, especially within the Hispanic and African American community. We don't know the basics, right? Because we we didn't have those conversations. No, we we didn't, which Um, I I love that you hit it on that point, especially that was like one of your driving points at the uh, mixer. Right. Right. We don't really have someone. I mean, when I was growing up, I never had that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I have a conversation with my father and my mother, you know, save as much money as you can, buy it, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times we grow up without knowing what's the true cost. Um, yes. You know, when did they ever really sit down and talk about credit? 
you know, to really fully understand what credit was. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some of the counterparts in the communities where they start credit as young as 18, some as young as 13. Yeah. You know, now that we know, mm-hmm. back in the day, we didn't know that we could go on our parents' uh, credit cards as mm-hmm. an authorized user, right? So, exactly. you know, it, it's up to us to learn mm-hmm. and then pass that information down to our younger generations, our children, mm-hmm. and to make sure that those kids have the tools that we didn't have coming yeah. up, right? Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much what we're going to talk about. We're going to also talk about how it influences our communities, mm-hmm. um, how it can strengthen the communities, but also just because we're going to talk about mortgage, it doesn't mean that everybody is quite the fit for a mortgage, and yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, if you don't have plans to become a homeowner, mm-hmm. it's, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Just know how to navigate your finances. Yeah, because so you know, there's pros and cons to everything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but the key here is to always live within your means. Yes. Or as I like to put it, below your means. Yes. It's better to live below your means because you yes. have that extra money, right? Yes. Get that I like cushion. To travel, right. You need yeah. that cushion. Uh, when COVID-19 hit us, a lot of us lost our employment. Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm not employed, but you know, hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, but no, 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 I get it because they say like 40% of black owned businesses failed. That's right. Um, And we didn't have the, well, like you said, we're not even set up from the start. So anything that we do, do, uh, we're always like behind the leg. And then even when they started passing out some of the uh, relief funds, a lot of people couldn't qualify because their businesses were not on paper. Exactly. Have, you know what I'm saying? That exactly. whole history of that data following the business. Um, but yeah. So, yes, we're going to get into all that. But uh, give us a brief overview of, like, you know, how you were able to navigate your world in, in or your career into uh, with banking, I guess, technically. Banking and lending. Um, so, again, I've been in this industry for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought I was going to get involved in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated from high school. I do not have a college background. Mm-hmm. I took over my, I, I went into the family business. Yeah. Back then, my father had a small construction company, very, mm-hmm. very small. Yeah. He was just starting to grow it. Um, I, I literally went from graduating high school right into the family business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and within a year, he basically decided to retire. And said, one day, he just called me and said, hey, listen, I'm 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 done. I've mm-hmm. done this for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for you to take on. I didn't have no prior experience, but that first mm-hmm. year, no. no. What what was that business structure? So basically, it was just following him around, mm-hmm. taking notes, mm-hmm. being a meeting. I'm, I'm talking about as far as the business. Was it set up as a? Uh, uh, it was set up as an uh, DBA. Okay. Was, we didn't know about oh, okay. LLC, okay. right? Okay. That's so what we're going to get into. He had a sole proprietor, yep. DBA, doing business as. We didn't know the differences. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the times minority businesses don't know. We kind of mm-hmm. just go out there mm-hmm. and we kind of figure it out as we're moving along, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, we were, we had a great year. We mm-hmm. had great years. We lasted about seven, almost eight years. Mm-hmm. The business actually shut down in 2008 when mm-hmm. the market collapsed. Yeah. Um, we were building houses. Mm-hmm. So you had to, okay, so let's, let's back it up a little bit. So you had to, he handed you the business, but you had to go and put the proper structure exactly. in to be able to actually get that business because... A sole proprietorship can't really like, you know what I'm saying, pass it on. Right, right. So basically it was just, here's the foundation, mm-hmm. right? You're younger than me. Mm-hmm. You have more strength to carry it on. There's mm-hmm. going to be rough times. You know this. Yeah. Um, but it's up to you. And he basically said, I'm handing it to you. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you whether you want to make it grow yeah. or you plummet it down, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I knew the sacrifice that my father had given, uh, especially my father started working in the field. Oh, when wow. we first came 
we, you know, we're originally mm-hmm. from Mexico City. Yeah. When my dad first came, he came Mexico with City, Mexico. Mexico City, Mexico. It's hard out there. It's hard. It's hard out there. It's hard. So, you know, our, our part of Mexico City, where we're from, is mm-hmm. more on the outskirts in the okay. state. Uh, it's a lot of crime. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I've heard horrible things. Yeah, and like, most of them are true. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, most of them are the true. real horrible so, thing. So that's why I guess I kind of link with a lot of the the communities around us. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for my parents moving, I mm-hmm. would have had a lot of the similar backgrounds, a lot of yeah. similar stories. Um, of course, they took that sacrifice. They moved. Um, I remember the stories that my dad would tell us. Um, he came one time when he was young, mm-hmm. probably about 21, and he crossed the border. Mm-hmm. And uh, he almost lost his life. Oh, wow. In the river, right? Yeah. Crossing. Yeah. That, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Because so, that, that right there, you know, brings up, you know what I'm saying, a lot of issues as far as like politically and just for the culture itself, whatever. So, but, you know, we can dive into that. But We'll get into yeah, that, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think everybody, you know, whether we're looking at the, the Hispanic community or the mm-hmm. African-American community, mm-hmm. unless we have those conversations, we really don't realize how much we have in common, right? Yeah, we got a lot of common. We got a lot of stuff in common yeah. uh, from the the way that we actually network our own community inside, how mm-hmm. we build our family, the foundation of our family, mm-hmm. even to the way that we mourn. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time um, I had, I was in fifth or sixth grade and my best friend, her, she had lost her cousin. And I remember her telling me that they would have like, kind of like a semi party for nine days, mm-hmm. seven to nine days. Well, in Mexican culture, we have what we call a novena. Mm-hmm. And we basically, we have a gathering, we pray first, and then we have a gathering. Very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same exact, and it's for the same exact amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I was blessed enough to be raised in a household where my father was never the kind of person to say, no, you can only be with your Mexican cousins or your mm-hmm. Mexican friends, right? Mm-hmm. He allowed us to have friends from every kind of background. And I grew up into that individual. So now I do it with my daughter. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, get out there. Yeah. Don't just be stuck in the same type. Don't, don't think yeah. that you just have to have Mexican friends and friends who speak Spanish. I mean, mm-hmm. get out there and learn. Um, okay. So, so that prompts a good question for me then, right? So you're in banking, which can be seen as a predominantly white industry. And it is. Right. It is. <laughs> it is. How is that? Because at one particular time, if I remember correctly, what you said uh, when you was at BBNT, you rose to like a VP operations. I, I was actually granted my last year in BB in uh, West BBNT. I actually got awarded presidency. Okay. Multicultural. Um, so I became the youngest female to be awarded that position. Mm-hmm. And basically, what it was, you would structure uh, ties with the community, so yeah. working with nonprofits. Uh, with I'm nonprofits. Like, that's like high on the. That's high on their radar. Yeah. Um, and so the way BBMP had it back in the day, mm-hmm. they had been awarded uh, X amount of money by the government. And they yeah. had to implement a program mm-hmm. where they had to give back into the community. Mm-hmm. They had to uh, invest in financial education. Mm-hmm. Um, I started as a banker with mm-hmm. them. A year later, uh, I got promoted into the mortgage industry. That's mm-hmm. when I first I started in mortgage. And a year after mortgage, um, I actually became an assistant to what was back then the, the president of Multicultural. Okay. He was a Hispanic man from uh, Brazil and mm-hmm. Tifton. Mm-hmm. When he was getting ready to retire, they nominated me. Um, so, you know, it just kind of, one mm-hmm. thing fell into place, but um, it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's, I had to prove myself that whole year. Yeah, because I was about to say, now, do you feel like when you was proving yourself, you had to prove yourself even more? Ten like times I, harder. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know. Yes. 
I remember many times going into uh, corporate meetings and being looked at like, why is she here? Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. they don't say it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got that look, though, and the mannerisms and, you know, because right. so communication is, expression. yeah, like 70% non-verbal, right? exactly. And I think us minorities have a unique way of reading that. Mm-hmm. We know. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that we take it as a challenge. I, mm-hmm. I don't get offended with it. I learned yeah. not to get offended many, many mm-hmm. years ago. I take it as a challenge to say, okay, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to let mm-hmm. you figure out what that reason is. Yeah. And eventually they do. Um, that's why I always say it is good to work within our community. It's always good to, to stay in touch with each other. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to also acknowledge mm-hmm. that you're going to need that counterpart sooner or later. Yeah. In a way, but you have to know how to use that counterpart just like they're going to use you. Mm-hmm. Because that is that is what business is, right? Yeah, exactly. It's relationships. Mm-hmm. You have to use one for the other. Um, and that's pretty much how everything plays out within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we start to learn on how to... It's not so much being codependent. Mm-hmm. It's knowing how to truly work together. Yeah. How to truly, truly work together. Um, you'll you'll realize that when you learn that key, mm-hmm. I mean, your life is so much easier. Mm-hmm. It's so much, much easier. So uh, let's see here. So as a teller, right? Um, did you get to see or come across any information that you were actually privy to that shocked you as far as like dealing with uh in certain ethnicity groups? So I started as a banker. Uh-huh. But I, a banker. I did a lot of uh-huh. um, what I did. They they had different positions, right? So mm-hmm. tellers will usually just stay in the mm-hmm. teller's position and the bankers will go back and forth with them. Okay. Um, what I realized is the amount of transactions. So basically when I remember the very first time I, wor- I started working accounts and I would realize mm-hmm. how much our community would deposit, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the Hispanic community or the African-American community, when I looked at consumers, it was a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about if we're lucky, we could put $100 back mm-hmm. versus 1000 or mm-hmm. 500 or yeah. the whole check yeah. without having to worry. A lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, what is the key? How is it that, you know, client A can put away a whole paycheck and not even have to touch it? And client B or myself, we're having to dip into that savings account twice. Mm-hmm. Or the whole time that yeah. the savings account is gone. Um, and throughout the experience, I realized that what we were lacking is the fact that we didn't have that advantage at that young age. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the key was that pretty so young age that. If you didn't get set up for success, then you're playing catch up. Right, right. Gotcha. And I think that's what we're constantly fighting, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 37. Mm-hmm. And when I speak to my classmates, you know, we're all asking the same oh, question. I, oh, by the way. I did have a, a classmate that I didn't know that was yours that oh, said really? thing about you. Yeah, oh, it was um, Justin. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's like, oh yes. man, she's awesome. Well, he's awesome too. <laughs> 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 but you know, Peach County, Peach County is awesome. Fort Valley is awesome. Um, I grew up in Fort Valley, so but we have those conversations, and and I'm lucky and I'm blessed that we do have those conversations, and they'll they'll reach out and say, hey, Angela. How old do they have to be to mm-hmm. start a bank account, right? Yeah. A lot of banks, 12, 13, mm-hmm. um, some 15. Um, but even if it's $25, that's what I tell them. Mm-hmm. Don't stress about the fact that you can't put more money in there. Mm-hmm. Put whatever you can. Yeah, because they got the time on the side. Right. Exactly. You have yeah. time. Um, and unfortunately for us, our parents didn't have that advantage mm-hmm. because we didn't know what, what the actual livable wage was back then. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about 20, 30 years, how much money they were making 
and you know the families were bigger i only have one kid mm -hmm. i decided to remain with one kid because i know how expensive they are yeah they're real expensive they're real expensive <laughs> and you know as a single parent yeah i can handle only one yeah um and that's a lot of the conversations that when we do go in and, and talk to some of the nonprofits, um mm -hmm. you have to really be you have to be honest with mm -hmm. yourself and say okay this is how much i make mm -hmm. If I'm spending X amount of dollars on this, mm -hmm. um, I could share with you. My biggest flaw is going out and eating out. That has always been my biggest thing. That's where yeah. all my money goes, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you really add it up, mm -hmm. like I said, one month, one month where I said, okay, I'm not going to eat out. No lunch, no no breakfast, no mm -hmm. dinner. Everything is going to be cooked in the, in the house. Yeah. I saved about three hundred and fifty dollars that month. Oh wow! That's so imagine how much money. Yeah. So three fifty yeah. twelve. Uh -huh. How much money am I throwing away? Yeah. Oh, it could have been. No, no, yeah. Because you get to fifty, so right. that's another six hundred dollars. Ooh. So think about so that. Forty-two, I think that's like rough estimate. And I, and, and yeah. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> blowing that money away. Yeah. How? And, making and somebody else richer. Making somebody else richer. <laughs> and they're going against what I'm advising. I'm sitting here telling people, you got to save money, but I'm yeah. not following my own, my own golden rule. Yeah. Um, so it's all about, I mean, it's all about discipline. It mm. really is. It's all about discipline. And I think because we didn't have those conversations at a mm -hmm. young age, we lack that discipline. Mm -hmm. So it's never too late to learn it. Yeah. But not learn it just for you. You got to learn it for them. Yeah. And you got to show them the they have to be cheap. Yeah. They have to become cheap. Yeah. And that's something that we don't show our children how to become. Exactly. And you see it in other cultures. You, yeah. you do. Uh, anybody out there, if you want to, if you've been listening, you can dial in 917-889-8041. Anybody on Facebook, go ahead and post your questions. If you got any comments, concerns, type them, and we'll be able to see them. We're going to get into a song real quick by uh, Billy Slum, and when we get back, we're going to keep on with this awesome conversation with Miss Angela Alcantar. I swear, like, every time I step in this booth, it's like, it's like therapy for me, bro. You know, even if it ain't nothing but just, 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 just spill out what's in your heart, you know. So these are my thoughts. Mama tell me why this world don't love me The ones that look like me, main ones that wanna slug me Grew up with a chip on his shoulder, now he thugging A peep behind the wall, you see he had no one to hug him And kids in the hood only imitate what they see So who am I to judge? Shit, at one point that was me That's where I'm from, you was either chopping down a quarter key Around for your hood and down to die for your street Rather find it in between And so the pendulum begins to swing My cousins off to success into the streets I would lean Mug on me Pain in my heart, still living through the trauma. I ain't ashamed of my scars, but maybe through my heartache I can save one of y'all from falling flat on your face. I swear that pavement is hard, not a loss, a lot of lessons. These are my confessions. This rap shit is a blessing, cause it snatched me out the ashes of a burning road. I swear my heart was turning cold, so numb to the bullshit, cause I done seen it all before. I used to look up the E, but out the blue he turned on me. Got a picture in his mind of who he think I'm supposed to be. I trust nothing but this party, so I keep it close to me. Can't shake this frame of mind after all that's been showed to me. It's a very cruel world, gotta play the cards you was given. If we wanna say the youth, gotta change their living condition. The children can't even play without worry about getting popped. I fit in the description to get murdered by a cop. It's a lose-lose situation. Imagine trying to stay sane through all the shit you facing. Imagine thinking it's normal when your homie's dying young. Normal to shoot your brother cause of where you from. 
I swear PTSD got us all living on. I tell it like it is, reporting live from the slum. Yeah. All right, y'all, we are back. That was Billy Slum, Black Boy, off of that Supernatural Project. Y'all make sure y'all go and support you. I know I'm a huge advocate uh, for independent artists, so, you know, on the Bank That Radio Show, that's what you're going to hear. Uh, then, uh, great news, everybody out there listening, the Bank That Radio Show will have its own app. You um been growing here, so, you know, when I can release that actual uh, link for y'all to download, it'll be on Google Store and uh, uh, Apple Store, so y'all can be able to support, download, keep supporting, uh, appreciate everything you out there doing, but we have Miss Angela Alcantar, how, how do you say that? Is it like, I, I like the, I just like saying it the like Spanish that. Spanish version or the English or, version? Well, both. Both? So the Spanish is Alcantar? Oh, okay. Hold on. You gotta roll that R. Alcantar? Alcantar. I'll try. <laughs> and in English, it's just Alcantar. It's not that, you know, uh, hush. Well, you know, I, I, I just like the saying it with the long draw. <laughs> but we do got somebody on the line at, uh, um, the 284 number if y'all want to uh, talk uh, you got a question you got a comment things of the nature just press that number one and I'll put you on the line with Miss Angela but um, prior to the break you know we were talking about the differences you were seeing and how like you know we're not set up for success, for success as minority groups but what can we like do now? What are some like top three things that we can do to set ourselves up for success? I would say the very first one is uh-huh. making sure that your credit is up to par. Okay. I mean, that is it. Yeah. Your credit is the key to your financial stability, honestly. Mm-hmm. There's not one person that's not going to rely on the credit at one specific time of their life, right? Yeah. Whether you buy your home or you want to buy a car. Mm-hmm. Now it's even up to employers. They mm-hmm. will literally pull your credit report, even if it's just a factory job. They mm-hmm. want to see how you're paying your bills. It's mm-hmm. important for them. Uh, it's going to speak on the ethics of, of that employer. Um, that is the biggest thing. When- no, okay, so, so let, let's keep having this, that a little bit. Um, is that really necessary, though? So look at it this way. It depends on the industry. Uh-huh. For instance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set myself as an example, yeah. right? Um, when I started in banking, or uh-huh. even in small lending, well, I can understand banking, right? But then look at look at insurance, uh-huh. right? Yeah, look I, at I collections. Collections, I can understand that. Look at any type, anything that you have to do with business transactions, whether it's okay. not even banking. Yeah, you got to do it. Okay, so Education. what if you what if you work on a similar line at a bread company? Well, the fact of the matter, a lot of people ask themselves, right? Well, mm-hmm. what does that matter? But if you want to apply for a management position, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that that manager is handling their situation properly. Mm-hmm. And they really look at that. They Employers look at how solid you are. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you're going to have, they're going to understand people have to file bankruptcy. Yeah. People have to have collections. Well, I always thought filing bankruptcy was actually a responsible thing to do. Yes and no. It's, yes and no. Well, so, there's, so bankruptcies, they're different mm-hmm. bankruptcies, Yeah, right? well, okay, like Chapter 13, you know what I'm saying, you're paying back. Right. And then your chapter seven, you're doing a yeah, you're just day. wiping the whole thing. But here's, or whatever. here's where it kind of gets conflicted. Uh-huh. You have your differences, right? Let's just talk about a person that has lost their employment mm-hmm. or it's due to a medical reason. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate reason to file bankruptcy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I mean, 
every reason is a legitimate reason. But mm-hmm. when you look at it long term and how it's going to affect you, mm-hmm. if you went out there and got a whole bunch of credit cards, mm-hmm. you knew you had these, you knew you had the debt, right? Mm-hmm. You created that amount of debt. Mm-hmm. And then not because of loss of employment mm-hmm. or not because of health issues, mm-hmm. it just became too much of a burden, yeah. right? The amount yeah. of debt, you want to file bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. You don't really learn that lesson because you'll see consumers that have filed bankruptcy multiple times mm-hmm. after doing the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing is building the same habit over mm-hmm. and over and over. Bankruptcy, filing mm-hmm. bankruptcy doesn't come free. No, it doesn't. It's anywhere between what three to five grand now to file bankruptcy, depending on yeah. the, depending on the extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and understand when you're filing Chapter Seven, mm-hmm. um, you got to give up your house, you got to give up your car, you got to give up everything. Oh, yeah. oh, this is this is a great question right here. Thank you, Keisha. Yeah, I got to come out to North Carolina and uh, you know get with you. But uh, what are some mistakes that self-employed business business owners make when it comes to trying to buy a home? That's a great question. Yeah. Oh, I love self-employed questions. Yes, I know you uh, do. That is a great, and that's my thing, right? Mortgage <laughs> yes, is my thing. Exactly. But we'll leave bankruptcies alone. But, you know, understand uh-huh. bankruptcy is the worst. I do want to yeah. circle back, though, because because I got a point about bankruptcy. Okay. But, yeah. So mortgage. In uh-huh. the mortgage industry, and depending on the lender, every lender is different. But your major banks, your major financial institutions and credit unions, mm-hmm. they have to go by Fannie Mae's or Freddie Mac's guidelines. Yeah. And each guideline is different. The main comment that I see with self-employed borrowers mm-hmm. is the fact that we have to go, the lender has to go by what you put down on that piece of paper. Yeah. That IRS statement, mm-hmm. that tax return, mm-hmm. that business and personal, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all the income that I can give you. Mm-hmm. So if you projected losses for the last two years, guess what? You don't have an income to go by. Yeah. You can't qualify anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you just left yourself five grand for each year, that's 10. I got to divide that by 24 months. That's nothing. Yeah. You can't qualify based on that. Mm-hmm. I might even know you personally, and I know that you make a killing, but mm-hmm. you have to deduct everything on the back side, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the mortgage, there is nothing I can do for you if you do not show your income accurately on that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. Mm-hmm. There is no going around. Yes, you can go to another lender that can tell you, well, I can only work, I can work with your uh, bank statements, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker to that. Yeah. That lender is going to get you at a higher interest rate. Yeah. A much higher interest rate. It's going to have a liability on top of it. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to keep that long. They're going to sell it to another competitor. Yeah. They're going to sell it. So you're going to constantly be flipping your mortgage. You're not going to pay any more or any less, but you're going to have servicing issues where it comes where one year you might be paying with Fargo, another year you might be paying, you know, X and X company. You never know who's gonna end up with your mortgage. Yeah. So therefore, you're you're not stable, right? Okay. So like, on, on adding to that, uh, which one, which one is better, the 15 year or the 30 year? So there's really no such thing as which is better because okay. every mem- every person, sorry, mm-hmm, thinking about working, every person is different, right? Yeah. I might be able to handle a 30 year. Mm-hmm. You might be able to handle 15 years. It's mm-hmm. all based on where you are financially. Okay. What's the long-term commitment that you want? Do you prefer a easier payment and mm-hmm. you want to double up on that payment? Because yeah, so, you can't pay them off early. You can't pay them off okay, early. Okay, and then what about penalties. like sending, sending in like, you know, say every quarter you send in a check tell them in the uh, memo line that apply to the principal only? Yes, yes. So yeah. basically you're still doubling up on the payment, right? You're mm-hmm. still getting there quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
basically it is just your preference. Uh, the interest mm-hmm. rate is different. I mean, yeah. there, there's different, uh, a big margin on the interest rate, the mm-hmm. fees that you're going to pay mm-hmm. long-term, of course, but you yeah. got to think about it. The lesser your term is, the higher your monthly payment. And it's not mm-hmm. just principal and interest, right? We'll go into details on that. Yeah. You got to pay your escrows. What is mm-hmm. escrows? Your property taxes, your mm-hmm. homeowner's insurance. Yeah. So all of that has to influence. And I'm just going back to that self-employed question, mm-hmm. the biggest mistakes on those tax returns, right? Uh, the second biggest mistake I see mm-hmm. is going and filing your taxes with someone that's not accountable. So if they messed up your taxes or mm-hmm. you can't find them or you can't like something backyard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get a CPA. Yeah, you have to they mean, can, spend the time. Spend the time yeah, on money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
Is that what you heard? No, no. So what it means is basically if you go to work for a private lender, uh-huh. they're not going to cover you under that umbrella. Every but you said you you have that. I do. I have. What, what's that for? So so basically. Why why did you do it? Why did I do it? Yeah. Because if you work. When you work outside, most uh-huh. of the, the payment structure is commission based, right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you're lending your services, like basically like side work. Right. So it's kind of okay, like being gotcha. a subcontractor. For you're subcontractor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. See, asking questions. You have to be licensed. <laughs> so I am licensed. I am yeah. a licensed uh, mortgage loan originator, but because I do work for a financial institution, a banking mm-hmm. institution, mm-hmm. I'm covered under their umbrella. So mm-hmm. I'm not a contractor anymore. I'm mm-hmm. in, an actual employee of that financial institution. Mm-hmm. That's how it pretty much things. But um, and it kind of sucks because the state of Georgia has mm-hmm. a law where. If you do not use your license mm-hmm. in five years, it gets revoked. It. Oh, wow. So all that effort, all that learning, yeah. all that stressing, <clears throat> that test. So you, will... you're like a like a golden goose then, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. And I'm I say that I, I say that because, like, say if you, when somebody goes through your 9 to 5 and they're having a difficulty, like, trying to, you know, sing it a mortgage, you have other resources that you can probably you know what I'm saying? Just, put them through. Just the fact of me being bilingual in this industry uh-huh. has put me ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, I remember when I got hired from mm-hmm. BNT, I actually got hired by the uh, the president mm-hmm. of the company for the Middle Georgia region. Mm-hmm. They had um, I wasn't even looking. I, I mean, it just kind of came. Um, they had a job fair, and mm-hmm. a friend of mine said, "Hey, you know, come drop off your resume." Mm-hmm. And I wasn't working that day, so I went by. I was just planning to go in there and drop off my resume. They had a career fair going at once. Mm-hmm. And the recruiter came out. She's like, hey, I really want to talk to you. You have the perfect background for banking. Yeah. I've been in a small deal alone yeah. for about five years. And I'm like, well, okay, sure, let's try it. We did like a 30-minute interview. Mm-hmm. That interview turned into five other interviews. Wow. I literally stayed there until the bank closed. Interview to interview, and my final interview was with this president. Didn't know who the man was. He did mm-hmm. not introduce himself as president. Uh-huh. He yeah, because he, he wanted an honest. Uh, he wanted an honest, honest uh, answer. That interview lasted an hour. Yeah. The hardest interview that I've ever had in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he drilled me. Yeah. And I remember when he got up, he introduced himself after the mm-hmm. interview, and he said, "When can you start?" I said, "Well, I mean, when do you need me?" Mm-hmm. Like, uh, tomorrow. And that was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I gave my resignation. You know, I gave my proper two weeks. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to burn that bridge. Never yeah. want to burn the bridge. Well, um, well I, I got a different thing about that. But well, hey, you know. well, in corporate. <laughs> in well, corporate I'm, I'm blowing up things up. <laughs> in corporate. Well, now, I have two, a couple. But, you know, it, it's like a strange measure. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but it, it was very, it was one of those aha moments. To yeah. Say, Hmm. No, I get it though. If if that can happen, imagine mm-hmm. where I can be in the next five years. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, when when I got that presidency, it was a huge honor. I mean, yeah. I was only thirty. Yeah. When I got that presidency, and I, from what I heard, I was the first female. Oh wow! It. So you just so, breaking down doors and all sorts of everything. you know what I'm saying? But, um, and stuff. And that's why I always tell people try to learn a second language. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it came easy, right? Because yeah. I was raised speaking. Well, I heard it opens up the brain anyway. You know. <laughs> it does. It does. And, uh, you know, I tell to my Hispanics that are uh, listening, you know, I always tell them, mm-hmm. you are doing a dishonor to your kids if you're not teaching them Spanish. Yeah. Or if you're, you're teaching the fact that, well, you're American. You know, you live mm-hmm. here in the States. You don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Yeah, especially you do. all over the world. 
you need it because it's just going to put you ahead of every yeah. single game. Um, That's what's up. But yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and and uh-huh. going back to the self-employed borrowers, uh-huh. COVID nineteen actually affected the mortgage industry, and the mm-hmm. worst ones that took it were the self-employed borrowers. Mm-hmm. So Fannie Mae actually um, they had to change their guidelines when it came to self-employment. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, last year we didn't have to ask for business bank statements. Now we do. Mm. So not only do you have to present two years of tax returns, mm-hmm. now you have to present four, up to four months of bank statements, depending on the lender. They're like and 90, now, 90% of them don't even yeah. have that. And that's, <laughs> no, no. They don't, because like, I try to tell people, like, man, because, like, you know, I open people LSTs for them, register with the state. I mean, it's a register with the state as a register agent, personally, and as a business, <laughs> which yeah. is, you know, fun to me. But I'll get them the LSC, I'll get them the EIN, I'm like, okay, take this, go to the bank, get your uh, checking account, start establishing that track record. Yes, yes. And it's kind don't of, pierce your corporate veil either. Exactly. <laughs> they be doing. And then they're also requiring what we call P&L, what's mm-hmm. a P&L, a profit and mm-hmm. loss statement, that a lot of small businesses don't yeah. know about, right? Yeah. They don't or, handle profit Or they just statement. don't do it because I'm like, to, you know how it is running a small business. You're not just one person. You're like 12 people in one. So I'm like, you're going to, you're going to handle the function of the business, not necessarily the business of the business. Yep. Yeah. And another thing too, a lender is not going to look for their, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I have two different credit reports. No, mm-hmm. you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You have one, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are selling the fact that, oh, there's a business credit report. Mm-hmm. There is a business credit report, but you're talking about large corporations, yeah. large entities. We're, mm-hmm. talking, we're getting in the million, billion dollar market. Mm-hmm. But your general public, mm-hmm. your personal credit report, that's it. Mm-hmm. There, that's it. It doesn't matter if you went and you bought this service or you bought this and that. No, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So you can have a great business. You can mm-hmm. be killing it with your income. But if Still, once again, we go back to the credit conversation. If mm-hmm. your credit is not up to part, mm-hmm. you're dead in the water. Mm-hmm. There is going to be very few lenders that are going to be able to work with you. And mm-hmm. if they are going to work with you, they're going to get you in that way. They're going to mm-hmm. get you in those high fees and okay. that high okay. interest rates. Okay, so uh, at what point do you call it predatory lending? Predatory lending becomes where the fees are just... you. They're way more than what the industry standard would way be. Way more, right. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. Even though the industry is regular, mm-hmm. right, you will still have lenders that can get away with it because they customize mm-hmm. those products, right? Mm-hmm. So they can get away with saying, well, my rate is higher because his or her profile is higher. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking more of a risk by giving a loan to someone that has a 540 credit score mm-hmm. versus a 620 or 720 or yeah. 800. So they're easier to unregulate in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it becomes predatory. You know, what created the market crash in 2008? The predatory lending, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all these lenders, all these private lenders were giving out loans. Okay, sure, you can afford it. Sure, we'll give it to you. And what happened in that day, in that era, you had a lot of the appraisals were coming in way, way higher yeah, what than what they were actually valued. Uh-huh. So then when the market crashed and people were trying to sell their homes, guess what? Mm-hmm. That 218 home was only really 150. Mm-hmm. So now you can't sell it. Now mm-hmm. you have to take a loss. Yeah. So that's, and, that, and that's what happens. And if you really pay close attention to the market, it's there again, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not as visible yeah. as it was in 2008. But take a look at the prices in Houston County. 
even some of the homes here in Macon. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about we're like, wait a minute, two, three years ago, this house was going for half of that value or mm-hmm. 75% of that value. So you really have to think about, you know, is it worth getting into a two, three hundred thousand dollar home? Mm-hmm. Is it really going to hold its value in yeah. the next five years or where you're going to be at? Um, and for the young couples, you know, we always have this conversation. The lender always has to be your lender, your your psychologist. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear all the ups and downs. The more information you share with us, the better we're going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. I always tell when I meet with my clients, be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm asking you a question, you know, just tell me the answer because that's the only way I can help you. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as hiding anything from a financial institution. We're going to know. Yeah. We're going to know one way. When we pull up that credit report, that's going to come out. But mm-hmm. when we ask you, you've got charge-offs, you've got collections, just mm-hmm. go ahead and tell us. Medical collections don't really hit you that hard. Now, mm-hmm. of course they do, but with lenders, they don't. Because yeah. We're not going to count them. Yeah. Everybody has medical. Yeah. Um, but when we're talking about you know, you co-sign for somebody. I had to let go of that car, and it was mm-hmm. repossessed. It's gonna hit you hard. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, if you're a first-time home buyer, and that repossession has been less than two years, it can cost you the ability to get qualified. Yeah. I, I have had to have to deny people because of co-signing for people, and and they were just, you know, oh, I didn't know it was me legally. Yeah, you did. You signed that contract. Exactly. And that is one of the yeah. biggest things that we have to talk about. If I could give the best advice, it mm-hmm. would say don't co-sign. Yes. Don't co-sign for yes, yes, anybody. Yeah, um, unless it's like a you know husband and wife, mm-hmm. and you guys know and you have that conversation. Yeah, I won't be trying to co-sign you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just play it. <laughs> now I don't have to co-sign for nobody. I'm like she got she got way better credit than me. Oh, uh, but you know, hey. <laughs> but I I do want to get in before you know what I'm saying we uh wrap up and everything. We got a, like about 14 minutes or so. Um, I did want you to highlight some of the issues, and it could be industry-related if you want to, but, like, issues that are overlooked within the community that, you know, need the focus of, like, you know, the spotlight put on it. I think one of the biggest issues that we we often get overlooked for that that need inside the community of lending, right, when it mm-hmm. comes to small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think – I don't think – Lenders have gotten to a point where they see the true value mm-hmm. of small minority businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, they often go for the big ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay, you have a construction company. We know that in two, three years, you're going to be booming. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't take the same, in my eyes, mm-hmm. I, I don't see a lot of lenders taking the same serious as a, uh, you know, a nail shop mm-hmm. or a bakery. Mm-hmm. They see it more of a um, liability. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, thousands of bakeries that can be pulled up. Um, and I think the biggest the biggest conflict that we have is not knowing how to navigate those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, my biggest my biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. is when someone comes into my office mm-hmm. and doesn't know how to have that conversation with me. I'm not talking about not knowing how to ask the proper questions, the proper demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're on your phone and I'm asking you questions and mm-hmm. your head is right here, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to take you serious? Yeah. If you can't even make contact with me, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, it, to me, when you come into my office, mm-hmm. that's your time. That's your golden hour with me. Cause mm-hmm. first time home buyers are typically in an office with me for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not even paying attention to what the process is, mm-hmm. how do I know that you are actually taking the information? How do I know that you, you really want to move forward with the process? Mm-hmm. Uh, lenders look at you that way. 
Yeah. We really do. You know, your 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 demeanor of how to have that conversation mm-hmm. really does. Does it affect? Is it gonna make me deny you? Not me. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Not every lender is me. Yeah, exactly. There are lenders out there that look at us mm-hmm. and say, "Well, you know, I don't think he or she. I don't think they're the quite perfect person. You know, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe I could give them." A seven thousand dollar credit line, but because they behave this way, let me just get them at this point. It happens. Mm-hmm. That is why we have predatory regulations in place because it does happen. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Um, I personally have never witnessed for the companies that I work for because mm-hmm. they're large corporations. They yeah. know what they can do. You know, they know the price that they're going to pay for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But your smaller, your smaller businesses, they mm-hmm. do it all the time. Yeah, all the time. I remember getting many calls from people from Macon, especially mm-hmm. here in, in, in the area, and they would call me, and they're like, hey, such and such didn't qualify me. All right, well, did they tell you why? No. Did you ask? No. I didn't know I could. Of course you can. Whenever you fill out an application, you have, as a matter of fact, they have 30 days mm-hmm. to tell you why, why you got declined. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the biggest thing. I wish I could, you know, if, if we had like a way of having these conversations at home from the very beginning to mm-hmm. say, hey, uh, even to the fact of how you dress, mm-hmm. how you come, mm-hmm. how you approach the situation. Mm-hmm. The younger ones, yeah. I, I remember when I was a banker and they would come in, what's your social? I don't know. Hold on. Let me, let me look it up. Let me look it up. <laughs> I know your they, they would have a picture uh-huh. of their social security card on their phone because yeah. they couldn't memorize it. And, wow. you know, when we were coming up, we knew better, right? Our mm-hmm. parents made us memorize it. Um, and some of these things are, that are just, they're counterproductive because we're not teaching our children, hey, no, you don't have to balance a checkbook because a lot of kids don't even, they won't even see a check in their lifetime. Yeah. But you do, but you can't show your minor how to use a debit card. Yeah. You can't show them about NSF fees. Mm-hmm. You don't need them. You yeah. don't need them. Why are you going to give away your money in NSF fees, honestly? Most most banks and financial Yeah, they said like Bank of America made a killing off of that. All of them do. Yeah. And I don't like how Bank of America was processing um transactions daily. Like they were doing say if I had like five transactions and the first one was like the big one and then the other four were smaller ones. They processed the smaller ones knowing that, you know, it'll all draw the count with the big one or I mean, yeah. However they were doing it, it was weird. Mm-hmm. To where it seems there are uh, fees. So in the state of Georgia uh-huh. and, and pretty much across the state, you have a ma- maximum of six transactions that can go through per mm-hmm. day. Per day. Mm-hmm. So and this is again where you have to pay close attention and actually read the paper that's being put in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look and you read at, at, on your NFF and I'm sorry, uh, on your insufficient funds letter, mm-hmm. right? There is a statement where it tells you how many times you can draw per day. Mm-hmm. So they can hit you. Even if it's a dollar, we would often tell people, understand that if you go negative, even if you go to McDonald's and buy your burger, that's a dollar fifty. Now you're going to pay a dollar fifty plus that NSFE, which is what, mm-hmm. 25, 30, 35? 35, yeah. Right? 30, 35. So think about like it. It. I haven't had one in a while, but you know. It, yeah. it, and I was constantly, constantly when I was a banker getting the calls, hey, uh, you know, I didn't realize that I went negative and I went here, here, and here, and I got three. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Now, pretty much every bank and, and credit union, they have a courtesy wipe. Mm -hmm. so that's only two a year. Yeah. That's the maximum two a year. Oh, wow. So honestly, I would say one of the best things to budget yourself, don't add the NSFE. Don't add it because you're just going to give away your money. Mm -hmm. Add it if you're planning to travel mm -hmm. that month prior or if no, you're going to come into a situation where an extra bill might arise and you really need that backup, but understand mm -hmm. how it truly is going to work and, yeah. and be cautious how to use it. Uh, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. Same thing with joint accounts. You know, mm -hmm. if that other person has access to your account and your debit card, and you might be extra careful with not going negative, mm -hmm. but if that partner isn't, that's, again, you're giving your money. Exactly. And we cannot afford to give out our money. We no. can't. No, we don't, we, don't get, we don't get enough of it anyway. <laughs> right. So, yeah, budgeting is important. Talking and having those conversations with your partners are mm -hmm. important. Whether you're married or engaged or just, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, mm -hmm. having those conversations in debt, mm -hmm. you have to have them. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times it goes back to culture, right? Culturally. Mm -hmm. We fall in love. We don't talk about these conversations. And then they arrive. Yeah. So we're already living together. Now you know that she has a 400 credit score mm -hmm. and you can't, you know, or he or she, you can't do anything. You yeah. can't buy a car, you can't buy a home, so you're stuck running for two, three years, right? Mm -hmm. And then here comes the problem. And in Mexico, we're in Spanish, we have a saying, uh, love goes out of the window when money's missing, mm -hmm. right? Why? Because that is the hardest conversation that you're going to have. Finances? Yeah. It will be one of the hardest conversations, but it's so worth it when you guys are on the same page. Yeah, I don't even look like me. I don't, I don't mind talking about money. I like talking about money. I don't look at it as taboo or whatever, but like, I guess, you know, they could be with age, maturity, all that stuff, whatever. But even when I was in my 20s, I didn't look at it that way. Maybe I was just a different uh, setting or something like that. And, but I don't know what it was. But I've always seen where, you know, money um is one of those like taboo situations but i think it just boils down to like people's uh illiteracy to find it it is it really is it, it really is because again it goes back to the very beginning which is the household mm -hmm. because it wasn't discussed mm -hmm. by our parents in front of us mm -hmm. we don't know how to discuss it right mm -hmm. i would actually show her a mm -hmm. bill and I would explain to her how much this costs and how much. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mama criticizing me. She's like, we didn't do that with you. I said, but there were two people in that household. You never had to do it with me because you never had to go without, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with me, I've been a single parent since Sophia was five months. She's now 13. Mm -hmm. So it all falls on my shoulders. Yeah. And she needs to know what the true cost of life. And that's the thing, you know, and, and you might look at it in a negative light. Mm -hmm. But if you don't prepare your children, if they don't know what the true cost of living is, mm -hmm. how are you going to expect them to succeed when they get away from you? When they yeah. get away from your household? No, that's, no, that, that's real, though, because, you know, it's like one of those tools that we have to teach our kids. And if they don't get it from us, whatever, you have to go through this whole adult life playing catch up and you end up wasting years where that's you can be true. thriving and prospering. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I like. I was telling my nephews. I tell my kids, nieces, all of them, or whatever. I'm like, man, y'all could be like millionaires by 2035. Just you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. It's not that hard. But even like all my kids, they have all savings accounts. They all know how much money. When I go put their money in there, um, I bring them the transaction. Mm -hmm. They show it to them. 
Um, yeah. And I'm always talking about money and <laughs> telling them how expensive they are. <laughs> I, think, I think they need to know the true cost of living. Yeah, it, it is. It's very expensive. I tell them all the time, money is one of the things where it is hard to make it, but it's so easy to spend it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you guys, um, it is possible to save at any wage. I, I, and I know that that's a very controversial topic, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to tell you my true story. When I first became a single parent, I mm-hmm. had three jobs. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, I had three jobs. I was waitressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a little venue at Smiley's Flea Market. I was mm-hmm. working there the weekend. And I was substituting at Peach County and Houston County Schools. So, I mean, I, and, and it wasn't making big money. Yeah. And I was also working at a gas station. Wow. It was after my came. So, Because they will see you 
and yeah. they will carry that work ethic into into whatever they want to do with the rest of their lives. Well, Ms. Angela, I've enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed listening to you, but you know, we got about sixty seconds left uh, on airtime. But um, do you have any contact information to give out to people who need to come and see you? Or so right now, because I am in a um, I can no longer cater to the public community. Mm. But anybody that's out there, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put my phone number out there. I don't care. It's four seven eight five zero eight seven one four six. Anybody that wants to call me, they just want to have a quick conversation. I am really tied up, so mm-hmm. if I don't get back to you right away, I will definitely reach out. Um, but yeah, any questions you guys have, you'll see, see me. I took mm-hmm. a long break, yeah. um, and I'm I'm back. Okay. Back, so you'll definitely see me around. That's what's up. We got to like do a part two and everything or something like that. But I appreciate everybody tuning in. Everybody on Facebook land, thank you who uh, tuned in. Y'all keep sharing, keep supporting, and you know we are out. Yeah. Told y'all this was a movement. Taking over. Banged up, East to West, we getting banged up. North and South, we getting banged up. Worldwide, we getting banged up. Yeah. Call up 917 889 8041. It's the Banged Out Radio Show. We controlling the globe, but we second to no one. Every time we emerge, we put in that work and banged out door for the culture. Then it's one love, we from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. with we'll tips, she the trophy. And we keep making moves by coastal. Got them suckers that believe what I told you Banged out about to be your household name And banged out mean when you pop more change We keep in the real work on the legacy That's no help with Jess, so tune in when you better be We get